0: 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter number 18. You are closer than you think. We just finished 21 days of fasting and prayer. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, it was phenomenal. In fact, I said this in first service, and I really mean this. I've been talking to people and attending and Man, I, I really believe we've had, we've had higher attendance. I brought in guest speakers, and we've had you know, higher attendance. But I don't ever remember a 21 days of fasting and prayer where there was a stronger anointing. Man, what an incredible series of services we had. Friday night was just unbelievable. Friday night was an incredible service uh, that we had. People were bringing stuff uh, like clothes and pillows and, and handkerchiefs for us to pray over. And uh, Acts chapter 19 talks about that. That happened with the Apostle Paul. So we prayed over them, just believing God. Had one couple bring a pillow. They brought a pillow that said, we're going to send this to our daughter. She's not saved and uh, she won't take anything from us, but she'll take a pillow. And a little throw pillow. And so we prayed over that thing. Just believed God that God was going to anoint that thing. Whenever it sits on a couch or in her bed, her life's going to be changed. And that was incredible, incredible, incredible Friday night when we prayed for so many people. But then also, Sunday night last week, and I announced this last Sunday morning... We had what we called a debt elimination service. Never done that before, ever. And uh, we we told uh, the church, we said, "I want you to bring an amount. Don't put your name on it, but bring a piece of paper. And we provided paper here. Bring a piece of paper that represents an amount that you're believing God is going to get supernaturally paid. Uh, A debt. Maybe it's a student loan. Maybe it's a car. Maybe it's a a deed. Maybe it's every debt you got. Hallelujah. Just believe in God. It's all going to get." Paid off. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't pay your bills or you go sign up for more debt. Come on now. You live within your means. Amen. You don't spend more than you make. Hallelujah. You don't live off credit cards. Praise God. And uh, you do the possible and then you watch God do the impossible. Amen. You do what you can and then God takes over and he does what you can't. Hallelujah. So man, we had a full service last Sunday night, and I put four buckets up here on the on the steps, and I just told you to bring that piece of paper, and people just brought it and, uh, and we just put it in, and I had four buckets that were about half filled, and then Tuesday night, i don 't know what made me say this, I just felt like God said, "Count it, just count it." So Wednesday morning, we got together and uh, counted it and uh, And by the time it got done on Thursday, because we had a couple more pieces of paper in, there was $14 million of debt represented here at the church. $14 million. And I thought, wow, what could we do with $14 million? And I was talking to the couples. I said, man, and singles. And I was saying, hey, what could you do if you had no debt? Hallelujah. And we're believing this year, debt is going to get eliminated. Amen. We're just believing it's going to get eliminated. Hallelujah. It's going to get wiped out. Man, we prayed for that every night. From Sunday night through Friday night, we're praying for that chain of debt. Come on now. The Bible says the, the borrower is slave to the lender. we were saying, hey, that chain of debt is going to get canceled in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And so we had an incredible 21 days. And I want to preach this message to you today. And really, it's almost like a part two, a little bit of last week. But I felt like God wanted me to title it something different. And the title is, You're Closer Than You Think You Are. But we're going to start with a scripture that I read last week from 1 Kings chapter number 18. Let me give you a little bit of a backstory. There's a guy named Elijah, and he was a prophet. And he had prophesied that there would be no rain. And for three and a half years, a famine hit the land. There was no rain. There was this incredible, incredible drought. And through a series of miracles, God began to work in Elijah's life, began to provide for him. He went to a brook, and and birds began to bring him food. He went to a widow, and God supernaturally provided for both of them to be able to have food and continue to have food. And and then all of a sudden, he finds himself in a a challenge, and the challenge was this. There was a God by the name of Baal that many people worshipped, and Baal himself had prophets and so Elijah challenged him. He looked at the people and he said, listen, here's the challenge. We're going to call down fire from heaven. And if the prophets of Baal can pray and they can call down fire from heaven, then, then we're going to serve Baal. But if God call, brings fire down from heaven, then we're going to serve God. And so he challenged these prophets to a, to a fire challenge. And they built an altar and they put a a sacrifice on the altar and the prophets of baal just begin to just begin to call down fire from Baal. The Baal would just provide fire, and they began to cut themselves, and they began to dance, and Elijah actually began to make fun of them. He began to say, maybe Baal's sleeping. Maybe you caught him at a bad time, or maybe he's off to use the restroom, and he just began to, he began to mock them a little bit, and, and they danced, and they danced, and they did all their little hoop and holler, but nothing happened. And then Elijah said, listen, I want you to take my altar, my sacrifice. I want you to begin to bring pots of water, and I want you to drench it. I want you to just soak it. So he not only soaked the sacrifice that was on the altar, the Bible says water began to run over into the trenches that was around the the altar and filled up the trenches. And then Elijah prayed a 63-word prayer. Come on now. 63 words he prayed, and suddenly fire shot down from heaven, consumed the entire altar, and even licked up the water that was around the altar. Hallelujah. And then all of a sudden he killed everybody that was worshiping Baal. He just killed all the prophets of Baal. Come on now. That was a good day. That was a good day. He cleaned house. That's called cleaning house. He cleaned house. And, uh, but then he goes off, and, and the, the wife of the king, Ahab, says, hey, we're going to kill you. We're not going to stop until you're dead. And guess what? Man, Elijah found himself in a cave sitting there, discouraged. He sat under a tree for a little while and totally discouraged, totally feeling like nobody, nobody understood him. He felt like, I'm alone in this thing. And he even prayed, God, take my life. And God said, Elijah, I want you to get up. And I want you to go tell Ahab. And he begins to talk to Ahab and and confront Ahab and begins to prophesy to Ahab. And that's when we'll pick it up in in verse 41 of chapter number 18. It says, Then Elijah Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of the abundance of rain. Hallelujah. Last week I talked about the difference between seeing and hearing. How Elijah did not see rain. In fact, there was not even a cloud in the sky. It had not rained for three and a half years. Yet he looks at his enemy. He looks at the one who's trying to kill him. And he says to him, I want you to know that I hear not just the sound of rain, but the sound of the abundance of rain. I hear that it's raining. I may not see it with my natural eyes, but I can hear it with my spiritual ears. Now watch what happens in verse number 42. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground, and he put his face between his knees, and he said to his servants, watch this, go up now and look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Elijah prophesies to Ahab, hadn't rained in three and a half years, not a cloud in the sky. And he says, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And then he goes to a place of prayer and he gets in a position of prayer. He actually gets in this this prayer posture where he's on his knees and then he puts his face in between his knees. And he says to his servant, he said, I want you to go look at the sea and tell me if there is a cloud in the sky. Tell me what you see. Is there a cloud? Is there anything that looks like rain? Now watch this. And the servant comes back to Elijah and he's brutally honest. And he says to Elijah, there is nothing. Nothing. There's nothing. And some of you are looking at circumstances and you're facing situations, and you would say, Pastor, if I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, I know that we're a faith filled church, and I know we just got done with 21 days of fasting and prayer. And listen, I've been worshiping and I've been praying, but if I'm being honest, I would say to you, Pastor, this I see nothing. I don't see anything. I've been praying for my husband, I see nothing. I see no change. In fact, it's gotten worse. I've been praying for my finances to turn around, and I see nothing. I've been praying for me to get healed and get off this medication, and I see nothing. I see nothing. Well, I've got a word for you today. Hey, Amen. I've got a word from God for you, and here's the word. Go again. Come on now. Here's the word for you. Go again. Go again. Do you hear me? Go again. Pray again. Believe again. Fast again. Amen. Stretch out your faith again. You can do it. Hallelujah. Don't you quit and don't you give up. Elijah said to the servant, you go again. You go again. Because I already said I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I hear it. I don't see it. But now I want you to go again. And guess what? He went again. He went again. And he came back brutally honest again, huh? And he said, nothing. And what did Elijah say? Go again, huh? He said, you go a third time, huh? About that time, if I was a servant, I'd go, you know, it is a little, a little hazy. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a little hazy. I don't see a cloud, but it's a, it's a little grayer than it was a moment ago. I mean, I'm a little tired of going, huh? But Elijah said to the servant, you go again. And he went a fourth time. And he went a fifth time. Huh? And he went a sixth time, right? And God's telling you today, you don't quit and you don't give up. I know you're facing circumstances that are contrary to your prayers, contrary to how you fasted, contrary to what you are believing God for to happen this year, 2020. But I want you to know, you may not see it with your eyes, but listen, you can hear it with your spiritual ears, but you don't quit and you don't give up. You go again. Hallelujah. You go again. Amen. And if you've got to go six times, you go six times. And if you've got to go seven times, you go seven times. Listen, it was Nahum who went to a prophet and said, listen, I need to be healed. And the prophet said, you go dip yourself down in the Jordan River and you dip seven times. The first time, nothing happened. The second time, nothing happened. Third, fourth, fifth time, sixth time, nothing happened. The seventh time he went down, he came up totally healed. Listen to me, church. You are closer than you think you are. Hallelujah. You're closer. You may be just one prayer away. You may be just one offering away. You may be just one fast away. Hallelujah. <laughs> I was telling the first church, first service, I had somebody say to me, you know, pastor, you preached about fasting for four weeks. As if to apply, move on, brother. Move on. Come on now. There are other things in the word of God. Huh? You may just be one, one meal away, fasting one meal away from a breakthrough. Hallelujah. You can't quit. You can't give up. There's no stopping place in God. There's no quit in God. Hallelujah. You keep going. You don't give up. You are closer than you think you are. Amen. Do you remember the children of Israel marching around Jericho? One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. I'm telling you my favorite scriptures in the Bible is is Joshua chapter 6 verses 1 and 2. Watch this. This one I just love because it just blows my mind. The Bible says that God took Joshua to like a hillside, like to a mountaintop, and and showed him the city of Jericho. The city of Jericho was the city that God said you're to take next. You're to capture that city. Now watch this. Joshua chapter 6 verse 1 says this. It says, and God took him and showed him the city and looked at Jericho. Watch this. Nobody went into the city and nobody went out. Word had spread that the Israelites were coming. So they battened down the hatches. Come on now. They hunkered down. Let's go. They closed the storm shutters. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They got the cans of tuna and the bread and the peanut butter. And they said, let's batten down. We're we're not going in and we're not going out. And God said, God said, look, look, see, nobody's coming in. Nobody's going out. And then God said to Joshua, see, I've given you the city. That makes no sense, none whatsoever. If they'd have been out there lounging out with the pool and you know what I'm saying, and just sitting in this playing games and and just, just totally caught off guard, it would have made sense. No, they were prepared. They were ready for the Israelites. They had hunkered down. Nobody was going in. Nobody was going out. And God said, see it. Do you see it, Joshua? See, Joshua had to close his natural eyes To see with his spiritual eyes. Because all he could see with his natural eyes were these walls that were so thick. They actually did chariot races around on the walls. That's how thick the walls of Jericho were. And so God says you have to see it. Not with your natural eyes. You have to see it with your spiritual eyes. Hallelujah. See it. I've given it to you. Hallelujah. And the first time they marched around, nothing. First day. Then they marched around again. And then they marched around again, day after day after day. And nothing happened, and nothing happened, and then nothing happened. Not one brick moved off that wall until they did it again. Hallelujah. They did it again. And the seventh time, those walls came down. Hallelujah. But you have to see it. You have to believe it. And even when you are looking at nothing, because some of you are looking at nothing, you say, Pastor, I'm looking. There's nothing you have to now close your, your, your natural eyes and go, okay, God, I see nothing. There is nothing. I don't see anything. In fact, it's worse. It can be absolutely worse. You prayed, it got worse. You fasted, it got worse. And you're saying, hey, this thing's not working. I'm going to try a different route. Said, no, no, no. God said, don't you try nothing else. You just keep praying. You keep fasting. You keep believing. You do it again, even when you see nothing. Hallelujah. Do you remember what happened to the Apostle Paul? God showed me that this week. When the Apostle Paul got saved, his name was Saul. And in Acts chapter 9, he was on the road to Damascus with authority to kill Christians. And he has a divine encounter with Jesus himself. And then the first thing God does to Paul, who was named Saul at the time, is he does this. He strikes him with blindness. And I thought, wow, that's an interesting thing to do, God. Huh? Because when one of your senses goes down, the other one goes up. And his eyes went down, but his ears went up. Seeing went down. He lost the ability to see for three days, and he went on a fast. (laughs) He didn't eat or drink for three days. I See, I got fasting in again. This sermon, I got it in again. I'm going to try to get it in again next week. Somehow, I don't know. Let's get it in again. He went on a three-day fast, and he couldn't see. And God said, while you're unable to see, now I want you to tune your ears to my voice. Hallelujah. We close our eyes and we open our ears. I said last week, it is possible, it is possible to look at something that is not happening, nothing or even defeat and still hear victory. You could see nothing in one arena and yet hear something else in a total different arena. Amen. Amen. It is possible. See, that's what happened. And then look at what else happened. The rest of the story. Now watch this. Verse number 44. It says, Then it came to pass the seventh time that he, the servant, this is the servant, said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, Elijah said to the servant, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Wow. Look at that. That's when you go, watch this church, that's when you go from nothing to not enough. You went from nothing to not enough. How many of you know, not enough is better than nothing, but it's still not enough. huh? That's when, you're, that's when you get 500 dollars, miraculously, but you need 5,000. Anybody ever been there? God, I really appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate that $500, Lord. But I'm still 4,500 short of my miracle. Come on now. Am I the only one that ever said that to God? God, God, I appreciate that. Oh, you blessed me so good. But it wasn't enough. Huh? I mean, my kids are are talking to me now. That's a step in the right direction. But I need them saved. I need them down at the altar, huh? I mean, there's peace in my home, but they're not saved. I need them saved. Hallelujah. Come on now. You can't stop at not enough. Because the devil will talk to you when there's nothing, but he screams at you when there's not enough. And he said, that's all your God can do. All he can do is a cloud the size of a fist. How I many you know that's not going to produce any rain? Listen, we're Floridians. We're professional rain forecasters. I could smell rain. I, I, did, I worked outside for, two, for six years, my first six years of existence in the job world. I mowed lawns, and then I cleaned pools. I could smell rain. I've seen it rain on one side of the road. Come on, Floridians. I've seen it rain on one side of the road and not the other. People in Nebraska don't get it. They just don't get it. It rains for days there. It'll rain for five minutes here, then the sun will come out. That's when you're really blessed, when you're doing lawn maintenance. Come on now. One of those five-minute downpours, and then the heat shows up praise the lord that wasn't in my notes but i just wanted to i had to get that out i had to get that out huh a fist isn't going to work he said i hear the sound of an abundance of rain huh god god i appreciate that you brought me from nothing huh but you only got me to just enough right you just got me to just enough i mean i'm starting to see a little movement huh I'm starting to see one step in the right direction, but it's not the miracle I've been praying for. Do you remember when Jesus fed the 5,000? Do you remember when he fed the 5,000? What did he start with? Nothing. Him and the disciples had nothing. They even told Jesus, we got nothing. Send them home because we have nothing. Nothing. And Jesus said back to them, you go find something to eat and give it to him." So they went out, found some little kid. Give me that. Get out of here. They just grabbed his lunch. What's he got? Two fish, five loaves. Great. We went from nothing. We went from nothing to not enough this ain't gonna work. They brought it to Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Come on now. They brought their not enough to Jesus. They went from nothing to not enough, and they brought their not enough to Jesus. Hallelujah. They didn't stop. They brought their not enough to Jesus. And Jesus said, listen, you bring me your not enough, and watch me as I make it more than enough because what happened at the end of that miracle is that there was fish left over there was bread left over amen listen if you would just not quit hallelujah just don't quit believe god that he's able to bring you from nothing to not enough to more than enough amen i refuse to quit i refuse to give up hallelujah i've been there i know what that's like my wife and i were even facing something now and for a while there, we've seen some days when it looked like nothing. This is nothing. This is this is not this is not anything that we see no progress. We saw, we pr- begin to pray, we begin to fast, and it got worse, like I said. Then we started to see some movement. And we thought, okay, but this ain't what we've been praying for. This isn't the miracle. I'm not fasting for half a miracle. I'm not fasting for a, a, a minor little little. Movement in the right direction. I want a full, complete, total miracle. I want what I believe, believe, believe in God for. Amen. I want it all. I want everything that I prayed for. And I'm not going to stop. And I have to go again. I'm going again. Amen. Because I know that there's a God who can take a cloud that's the size of a fist and make a torrential downpour happen because that's the kind of God that we serve. Hallelujah. He's the God of more than enough. And let me tell you, church, you don't give up because you are. Closer than you think you are. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You're closer. There is no quit. There is no stop. Hallelujah. We have to keep going. What's the choice? To roll over and do nothing? Huh? What's the choice? To just say, oh, well, I guess this is the new normal. No, I refuse to accept that. I refuse to accept that. In John chapter 5, Jesus has one... One peculiar conversation. The Bible says that there was a porch filled with sick people. And in the middle of that porch, there was a pool. And in this pool, something miraculous would happen. Every now and then, an angel would come down and would stir the pool. And the first person into the pool, when the angel had stirred the water, was miraculously healed. And Watch this. John chapter 5. Jesus finds someone. And Jesus encounters this man. And the Bible says that this man had been there and this is the part that just I just have trouble understanding it. He'd been there 38 years. 38 years. How I mean, you know that's a long time. It's a long time to to not get a breakthrough. That's a long time to to not see a miracle. And Jesus looks at this man And asks him the strangest question you could ever ask somebody paralyzed. Do you want to be made well? Hmm? But the Bible says that Jesus knew that he had been there a long time. Right? So what Jesus is asking him is, have you got comfortable? Come on now. Have Have you just accepted that this is now your life? Because if I had been here 38 years, I'd have made my way to the edge of the pool. I'd have done told everybody, I got next. I'd have been like one of those ladies at the Publix Deli. Don't even think about it. Next. Come on now. I live my life at that Publix Deli, man. I feel like. It takes me 10 minutes to shop until I get to the deli. Then 30 minutes later I finally get out of that deli, man. That deli's brutal. But if I had been there, listen, he'd been there a year, that's one thing. There's people there have been waiting longer. Okay, you go ahead, you know. Two years, ten years, twenty years, thirty years, thirty-eight years goes by. And what's his excuse to Jesus? Sir, I have nothing. I got nothing. I don't have anybody to help me. How you been eating? huh? How, how have you eaten for 38 years? Somebody's brought you food, right? Somebody's brought you food. You, you've got something. Don't, don't tell me you've got, got nothing. Jesus looks at him and says, do you want it? Listen, I could do a lot of things uh, as a pastor for you, church. I could, I could pray over you every week, but I cannot instill hunger in you. And neither can God. And there's this thing about God. If you want to live a complacent life, he will allow you to. He'll try to spur you on, and he'll speak to you, and he'll do a couple things, but if you are determined to not press in, then God will say, he'll just say that's your life then. Huh? And if you give up at looking once or looking twice, God's not going to force you to go again, and I hope, church, I hope there's something inside of you that says, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I want to pray again. I want to pray. I want to revisit this thing, this thing called a miracle in my home, in my finances, in my health. Huh? I, I refused to lay here for 38 years. I'd have army crawled my way to the edge of that pool if I could have. Amen. I'd have got to the edge and just said, I'm next. I got next. Understand? Listen, that's the kind of tenacity we have to have to see a miracle. It's called faith, and it has to rise up inside of us. I'm not just going to let my kids go crazy and do nothing about it and just let them get on drugs, let them act some way, and not assault heaven and hell to make sure that God hears my prayers day in and day out and fast and believe God for a miracle. I'm not content to let the devil just take them when I'm the one that raised them and spent the time and the effort and the energy and I'm the one that bought them their first shoes and bought them their first dress and then the devil's going to come in and take my children from me. Uh Uh-uh, buddy. Not going to happen. I'm going to believe God and if I have to pray every day of my life, I'll pray every day of my life. Hallelujah. Because I want a breakthrough. Amen. And the same is true for healing. The same is true for your marriage. The same is true for your finances. You cannot give up. Hallelujah. You have to believe. There is no quitting place. Amen? We got to get fired up inside of us. Because God's asking us. He's looking at us. And he's saying, do you want it? Huh? That's almost offensive to ask a sick person. Huh? Do you want it? Do you want to be made well? But Jesus knew. He had grown complacent. And let me tell you, he was going to lay there another five, ten years. And that man was going to die there. He was going to die there if he hadn't had a divine encounter with Jesus. Church, would you do this this morning? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? You are closer than you think.